Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse Eight. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse Eight and Kate will break it down for you now. Kate. Yes. Guess what? What? We have a guest. I know. And she's in the room with us right now. Should, should we address her? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that would be a good idea, actually. Miss, uh, to my left, uh, uh, who, who be ye? Who are you? <laughs> I be Lucy Nisley. I'm a comic book author, artist, children's book drawer, and writer person. You are, and uh, up-and-coming children's author. You already have a, a picture book, I believe. I do, that. yeah, and I'm working on a second. Yay. What's the name wow. of your picture book? You Are New. You are new. Cool. And you are new to our podcast, man. I am. Look at that. Was that a transition or that what? That was very was nice. That slick? Well that was done. Very- it went so well until I pointed out that I was doing a transition. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> so, uh, Kate, before we get into anything of this, uh, what, do we, what do we do on this here podcast? What we we talk about children's picture books. Why do we do that? Because we're bored. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. End of story. Well, yeah. well, well, why we have them on the podcast? Do we do anything with them? We rate them. Oh, why? and what's the, the context in which we rate them? Um, whether they're good or crappy. Okay. <laughs> or you could say a classic of children's literature. Or, a standard bearer. Right, one you that you should have on your bookshelf for yes. generations to come. Exactly. Or forget about it tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Or, or yesterday. Right. <laughs> or pretend like it never existed. Exactly. Yeah. And in today's particular case, Lucy, you yourself suggested today's book. I did. You did. And uh, and I guess I'll, uh, without further ado, I'm going to pull it out. Booda 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 Shrek! You remember Shrek, right? Yeah. You ever read the book? Shrek now. You've never read the book? Did you even know that it was a book? No. So you just thought that little movie just existed in a... In a, yeah, in a separate story way, yeah. It would have been a very different movie. With it really Chris would have. And, and Jimmy Garofalo. Garofalo, yeah. yeah. More but, true to the book, I would say. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It probably would have been much closer to the mm-hmm. book. Hmm. Interesting. And speaking of which, go read that thing. Okay. Okay. While Kate reads the book, I'm going to ask Lucy a question. Lucy, I have a question. Yes, please. Uh, why do you like this book? I read this book as a child, and it was my favorite book. Um, really? Yes. I think part of it was the short pieces of rhymes that I could memorize. Oh. And in fact, our outgoing message on our answering machine of time gone by, dating myself, mm-hmm. um, was me at age like four reciting a passage from this book from memory. Oh, I'm, we're going to have to have Which you... I still have can, memorized. Can, oh, can yeah. you do it now? Easily, yes. Oh, okay, but please. should I spoil it? I mean... No, it's fine. All right, but it has Go. to be done in a witch voice because it's the witch's Excellent. part where she's during the cauldron. So she Was goes. it in a witch's voice when you did it as a child? Yes. All right. Obviously, that, on that just makes the answering better. machine message. Right. And it has nothing to do with leaving a message at all. So it was, was just it like completely only, out of context. Like yep. that was it. Like someone yeah, calls no, your home, just, nobody's home, and they get this. Yes. Okay, what did they get? It was sort of a dadaist take of like <laughs> the answering machine message, yeah. just a child's voice doing like a weird witchy. Okay, here it goes. Okay. Achki pachki itchki pitch. Pay attention to this witch. A donkey takes you to a knight. 
him you conquer in a fight. Then you wed a princess who is even uglier than you. Ha 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 and cockadoodle. The magic words are apple strudel. Okay, that was the best thing in the entire world, and I'm Thank imagining you. some guy from the insurance company who just wants to leave a message. And right, this is and what just being like, I have like, to listen to this whole poem. Uh, this is Wells Fargo. We just <laughs> wanted to call and make sure you were happy with your loan. Maybe it deterred them. Maybe that's why. I think it was perfect, actually. Yeah, that. I think that was be like, very what is wise. this? Click. Very wise on your parents' part there. Yeah. And we're back. Hello. Hello. How'd you enjoy your read? I'm so confused. <laughs> There's so much that's different than the movie, and I'm like, what uh, did I just read? I think we should have removed the movie from your brain before. Yeah, you that's always yeah. tough. Well, like, the very first page, it says he could spit flame a full 99 yards and vent smoke from either ear. Is he a dragon? <laughs> I thought he was Superman, but Superman has laser eyes. He doesn't mm. have. He does also eyes. have laser oh, eyes. We later. Get, yeah. Wait, we, we get to the oh, laser. Oh, we get to it. Hold your horses. Okay, then maybe he is Superman. Have we thought about that? <laughs> I don't remember in the movie Shrek uh, spitting fire in the movie. <laughs> I remember earwax coming out of his ears. Doesn't he burp and light it on fire at one point? Oh, that's a good call. Oh, does he? That may... Okay. Wait, I think that's how, how wait, he starts his fire at the beginning. I, that might actually be true. Was and then he has a cozy fire. Oh, it's probably a fire. No, it be <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen the film, and I think I only saw it once. Well, and then it's, you know, he comes from these parents who mm-hmm. are super ugly, too. Ooh. And then they decide... It says, so they kicked him goodbye. Essentially, he's like a 30-year-old guy who's living in their parents, like in his parents' basement, yep. and they're mm-hmm. like, you need to get out. Yeah, but they, they all seem delighted with him being kicked out, though. Yeah. I mean, it's he's like cool a rite with of passage. He's maybe, very cool with maybe it. Maybe inside, he wanted to be like He was ready. Yeah. 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 He was yeah. just waiting for his parents' approval. Plus, they I. live in a hole. <laughs> yeah, True. who wants to live in your parents' a, hole? A black hole. Yeah. Oh. In which he'd been hatched. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you have yeah. a good memory. Uh, I, when we I told even, you I could recite it, I'm pretty sure I am very I impressed. Because I often will give her books, but I won't read them myself beforehand. So she'll say stuff, and I'll be like, "Really? Is that in the book?" <laughs> so this is this is better, actually. So like the okay. black hole is like the basement. That right. He is. Yeah, that's the basement where he plays his video games. Okay, that's my, that's my basement. And so he's walking <laughs> around in the woods, and he comes across this witch who. I mean, looks a good jillion times better than him. I thought witches were supposed to be like old. I know. Hags look at her outfit; like, is so good. Yeah, she looks really comfortable. I mean, the only thing that's a little off is her nose, which is pointy, like a witch's which is, nose is yeah, pointy. But other yeah, than that, kind of I mean, nose. she's got a cute hat. She's it's got a, very a feather hat. in her cap. Mm-hmm. She's great I mean, patterns. She's got I, herself together. I bet I mean, her shoes are also comfortable. He offers to give her a few of his rare lice in exchange for a fortune. And she says that he's going to conquer a knight and wed a princess that's even uglier than you. And the magic words are apple strudel. The dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Yeah. okay. So he's like, I'm on my way. So he literally just went from parents' basement to finding a wife. Well, that's he's a, quest. a quest. That's a yeah. quest, yeah. <laughs> that, this oh, is a it? quest narrative. Uh, and, much like Don Quixote. And on his hey, way, he perfect. comes across a peasant for really no apparent reason other than to take his food and eat it. Well, That's, right? That yeah. stupid yeah. Norm guy. <laughs> like, I don't understand like what the whole point of this guy was. was He's the normie. Yeah, you ha- because until now, we've only been seeing wackadoodle. 
creatures and stuff, right? We need to know there's some normality in this world somewhere. Yeah, and he also they have this whole conversation where Shrek is like, what are you doing? And the guy's like, I just do my peasant crap and that's just fine with me. Mm-hmm. But Shrek wants more out of life. Yeah. Okay, Shrek wants... A princess. He, he and, wants a and princess, pheasant. and he wants pheasant. He wants that peasant's <laughs> so he, pheasant. So he steals oh, the peasant's pheasant. He steals the peasant's pheasant. It's a dog. And the peasant. What a pleasant present. It, oh, it's it's from the book. Please don't credit. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm crediting or blaming <laughs> or a little of both. But what I don't get is that it says that the peasant fainted. I know after their whole. He's not looking so good. No, no, no. He didn't faint. He killed it. <laughs> He's very gray. His skin color is now gray. You know what he looks like? His eyes have rolled back into his head. He has died. And Shrek, with his laser eyes, heats up a a pheasant. Yep. And... I, is that another Doesn't colon? Doesn't let the food go to waste? No, no, no. It's a rock. It's a, it's a rock that oh, that's a rock. With the... Is that Sylvester? Oh, maybe. Crossover. <gasps> I'm just saying. Hey. That looks like a very... Is there a little red dot on the ground? We don't know what Sylvester witnessed at his, during his rock time. That's true. Shrek goes into a forest and has a dragon off, is what I'm Ooh, calling it. I like that. Yep, It's cool. essentially, I'm going to dragon better than you're going to dragon. Mm-hmm. So the, he, Let's dragon it up. Yeah, yeah, so he comes across a dragon... This dragon, um, you know, like brings him it's down very to the rude. ground. Very rude to him. And Shrek is so amused, he just Shrek up between his eyes with a putrid blue flame. You Where? wanted you wanted to see the putrid blue flame. I, want, I mean, I wanted to see the. Blue I wanted to see the dragon I want to yeah. know where this flame even came from. I mean, <laughs> is he a dragon? Do ogres do laser eyes and fire? Look, I've and never he's met got an ogre. Like, How could you want? We don't know else? who his grandparents were. <laughs> we don't know what his lineage is. I mean, my one question is. When he's going to fight the dragon, does he say it's dragon? Oh. Eh? Eh? But then he has this dream. He, he apparently went unconscious, fell asleep, dreamt of children and birds frolicking around him and hugging and kissing him. Kind of Kate Greenaway. And and he was terrified and said, oh, it was only a bad dream. It was only a horrible dream. My question is, was he actually terrified or is his subconscious trying to tell him maybe you actually want kids and <laughs> a normal life? Like... Why else would he dream about kids? It's his greatest fear. When he's on his way to meet his future wife. Well, but his kids aren't going to look like. Well, maybe maybe he has a fear that his kids would end up looking like that. Oh, maybe. I mean, that's that might be what his subconscious is telling him. Normies. You might end up with normies. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I don't think. Wait, is this a racist book against normal people? I don't know if that's racist. I think uh, it's normist. Normist, very good. All the kids are white in this book, though. Oh yeah, I don't think. And Shrek is green. Yeah, Shrek is green. But his wife is purple, so that's right. I mean, spoiler alert. And when you get purple and green together, it does not make a nice. It does not make a nice. Well, he purplish, greenish, yeah. He comes across this donkey who does not have Eddie Murphy's voice at all. <laughs> no, no. And who was basically the dragon from Mulan? Let's uh, admit it. Yeah. Let's admit it. Yeah. But you know that donkey was like the the trusty sidekick. This donkey is just essentially a horse. Yeah. Just like yeah. bringing Shrek to the castle. Like he says a little rhyme. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> he can talk. It throws me <laughs> off that it's like. Some parts are rhyme, some parts aren't. Mm. Yeah, it's more of a rap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. 
So he gets on this donkey, he goes to this castle, he meets this knight, and he conquers the knight. Boom. That was done. Next. <laughs> I mean, really, when you have laser eyes... It's true. He has and fire powers. You have no competition. Yeah. Like yeah, he's one, not really even trying that a hard. A little sword is not no, going to get No, he's just sort of way. doing his thing. So yeah. he's just pretty much just getting whatever he wants. He gets in this castle, and mm-hmm. it's his one moment of fear when there's a well, bunch of... Well, he did of, dream of children. He did have a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. Well, but it says here, it says... Um, and there, for the first time ever, he found out what fear was. Oh. So he, apparently he wasn't fearful when he dreamt about kids. He was just, he was just highly unhappy. disturbed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now he's afraid because he walks in his room with a bunch of mirrors and at first doesn't realize that it's him. But... It's like a Scooby-Doo episode. This, I, yeah. this is what I don't get. Like, it's a mirror. It's a reflection of what you are doing. So how are there 12 different faces <laughs> in the reflection? Have you... <laughs> Uh, have you seen the movie Us? No. <laughs> have you seen the movie Us? Yes. Yeah. You haven't seen the movie Us yet? No. Maybe that's one of Shrek's superpowers. Yes. There you go. Well, anyway, there is a there is a funhouse mirror yeah. uh, in that film, and it is highly disturbing. And you know you what you want to think about when you read a children's exactly. story. Exactly. Well, that's what I feel like. Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. It's like I'm just looking around. And it's like here his mouth is closed here his mouth is open here his eyebrows are down here his eyebrows are up like it's, it's... if batman has taught us nothing it's that when the joker batman make... has taught us nothing no 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 wait when joker makes you run into a funhouse mirror area you're going to see 500 jokers and it's going to be from all possible angles and you're not going to know which one is the real one so clearly that's what's going on here well he walks into the castle and he meets the princess Mm-mm. who is also fabulous fabulous (laughs) fabulously hideous yeah she's she's kind of amazing look at her dress look at her throne oh her dress is amazing it's like her scepter yeah it's yeah it's she's got like a muumu with (laughs) with um green and pink triangles on it it's very she's got a scepter with like a snake coiled around the top she's got blonde hair but like blue lips and um, she's got a crown. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, well, she is a princess. She's sitting on a crazy golden throne of like some kind of crazy creature. Yeah, that creature was weird. Yeah. And, I don't know and what that was. she's in love with Shrek, and Shrek's in love with her. And meanwhile, there's this statue of yeah, someone statue. just kind of like <laughs> staring at them. I'm assuming that's her dad. <laughs> like, she's the princess. He must be the king, right? My kid always asks about that statue. He's always like, who is that? And I'm like, it is really prominently that's displayed their friend. on the stage. <laughs> like, I thought it might. Bomb. I mean, I just, I assumed it was just the the king the father right yeah i don't know well, there he is he's approving of the match yeah so. i don't know about that because okay. <laughs> he's kind of got a little scowl going on mm-hmm. and anyway so like they belong together they get married by an alligator and a pink they, alligator with yeah. a fabulous outfit as well. oh whoa get, what's and, he wearing yeah and her flowers for the wedding is actually a cactus that's good oh, and perfect. they lived Beautiful. horribly ever ev- horribly ever after scarring the socks off of all who scaring Scaring. What did I say? Scarring. scarring the socks, which is far more horrific. I don't know. It could be scarring. I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't want to even think what that would. I mean, I mean, they are laser so, eyes. They're yeah. so it's correct. True. Yeah, they're and they're so ugly that they I are mean, quite ugly. If you saw something this ugly, you scarred might get scarred for life. For life. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah, anyway. So right. the whole succulent wedding thing is so ahead of its time. I'm oh like, my gosh, you're completely uh-huh. right. Yeah, this was before it was a thing. Also, the spider wedding veil. Love right. It. Yeah. Well, that's just. <laughs> and look, she's amazing. wearing a purple dress, and she's purple skin. So this is like a oh, right. power clash. And no he, one else can wear actually, purple at the wedding. And Shrek that's is like looking a, very nice. Well, with except his for Shrek. He actually, yeah. he's looking kind of dapper. 
Harper. He yeah. is. I'm not seeing the grossness here. Like, he well, should be wearing, like, a car salesman plaid or oh. something like that. But he's looking good. Yeah. And that's, that's a it. fine outfit. So, really, just he went from parents' basement to marrying a princess. <laughs> and that's what you should do, kids. Move right. out of your parents' basement and you'll find yourself a bride. Yep. But with the help of uh, a witch. A donkey. And a donkey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and that's, laser eyes. That's yeah. great. That's great. And like laser every superpower. Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna sing that next time we do karaoke. All right, here's your background. You want some background? Yeah. Some good stuff. All right, the name Shrek is a romanization of the Yiddish word, and then there's a Yiddish word here, uh-huh. uh, which I'm going to assume is pronounced Shrek, corresponding to the German Shrek. Sorry, I just made the levels go up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which means fear or fright, but is also a common exclamation, often in the form of, Oi, Shrek! <laughs> in the 1996 children's circle video, The William Steig Library. Oh, I should say, we're, we're calling him Steig. I believe that Stieg. is... Is it Steig? I don't know. I've always heard Steig. I've heard Steig. Yeah, let's stick with Steig since we've already been doing it. Okay. And then readers can write in if they're mad at us for Sorry. butchering the poor man's name. Oh, yeah. Anyway, in this interview... This is a great, this is like one of my favorite quotes I've seen in a long time uh, when it comes to writing for kids. He said, you have to write for children. If you don't write for children, you'll end up writing Moby Dick. Wow. I like it. I like it. All right. I, don't, I, I, I think there's more to adult literature than, or to children's literature written by adults. For than Moby Dick. Than Moby Dick. I, I'm just saying. I'm this. pretty sure. I think he's. I think he's saying that's worst case scenario. <laughs> yeah. Like best case scenario. Because like, who book. is Moby Dick for? Really, no yeah. one. Like, no. Yeah. You may be aware. I don't want to shock you that this was turned into a film. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that Forgot thing. About that. Right. Couple films, maybe. Initially, the rights were acquired by Steven Spielberg. Oh man. Um, and that would have been fascinating in and of itself. It would have been even more gooey than what it ended up. Uh, then it went to Katzenberg. And then it went to Chris Farley and Janine Garofalo. But then Farley dies, they fire Garofalo, and they hire it with Mike Myers and that whole crew. I mean, I think hiring Mike Myers was a good call. He's 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 a good character actor. He is a very good character I actor. I don't know about firing Janine Garofalo. I don't know if I that was agree. a good idea. Not everyone loved Trick when it came out. I don't want to... The book or the movie? The movie. Right. Oh, everyone loved the book, actually. (laughs) The book got pretty universal raves. I couldn't find anybody who disliked the book. But the movie, uh, particularly the people who liked the book, did not care for the movie. Now, I. It's nothing like the book. No. Absolutely not. And they did not like a lot of the. I mean, the tone is completely different. It has nothing to do. There's no lines from the book that make it into the movie in any way, shape, or form. No. Uh, it's like a puppet show using the characters. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of a hate letter. Why to even Disney? do Shrek? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so Margot Mifflin in Salon in 2001 had a long ranty rant, which I will link to in the show notes because it is well worth reading. And she goes into all the problems that she detected uh, because she loves the book. She truly adores the book. Um, as she says, the directors have traded the subversive misanthropy of Steig's 1990 book for a Hollywood ending. While Steig's romance hinges on the lovers' mutual appreciation of their inverted values, the movie restores traditional values and, worse, tacks on a threadbare moral that Steig never inflicted on his readers. You can't judge a book by its cover. If there's one thing a Steig book will never do, it's preach. 
This kind of stop-and-shop sanctimony is, to paraphrase the toy brother, another Feinstein book, a first-rate pain in the pants. Here's the thing, though. I agree that the movie, the movie's moral is don't judge a book by its cover, and that this book has no moral. <laughs> but I kind of like the movie's moral. I kind of like the whole you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, because this... But she's so cute. She's if she really looked cute. like this princess, I could believe it. But she's adorable. When she's an ogre, she is the cutest little ogre that ever was. I mean, she's adorable. I was so mad when I watched this movie because I had grown up. I was a child that loved this book. And I was like, they're making an adaptation of one of my favorite children's books. This is great. And I was watching it. And I was so mad that I was sure that when they kissed at the end, they would both be human. I was like, that's what's gonna happen at the end of this, and I am going to burn this movie theater to the ground. <laughs> like, I'm so angry about this right now, because the whole the book is just about sort of embracing your otherness mm -hmm. and being this weirdo yeah. that finds another weirdo. You will and makes always it work. find your weirdo. Yeah, yeah, and just like, you know, doing it and being a weirdo and not questioning it mm -hmm. and, you know, Burn that night with your laser. Burn it, yeah. And yeah. you can be a weirdo, but you can not be mean or rude or self-entitled about it. He's only How's mean he? to the dragon who tries to behead him. He's mean to well, the yokel. He stole, he steals the peasant's food, and the dragon, like, there's an ogre. There's, at the edge of the woods, there's a sign that warns them, you know, there's going to be danger if you walk through, and... He swaggers past it. Like, he's so That sign can't tell him what to do. <laughs> like, the thunder and lightning are even, like... Um, are they very, he's very ugly. We're going to kill him. <laughs> it, the That's whole true. book is about, it's... like, people thinking he's ugly and weird mm -hmm. and wanting but to he, kill him. And trying him. to do him And him being like, he, yeah. screw you, world. But he loves being... He loves it when people he loves find him repulsive. Yeah, but yeah. He, it's him being himself. He is repulsive. Right, and that's what he I was really mad repulsion. about in the movie, is that he was, like, sad and hurt that people found him repulsive right. and gross. He sort of reveled in it, but he was also, like, had a deep pain. He had a deep pain. That yeah. had to be healed yeah. by a woman. Ratings time. <laughs> okay, la, la, so la, 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 at this la, la, point, we, we rate time. the book on a scale okay. from 1 to 10, mm -hmm. 1 being it's so awful, it should never be on a bookshelf ever again, mm -hmm. and 10 being this is the best book ever written from the <laughs> history of children's books, what would you rate it? Oh, a 10. Mm -hmm. There you go. <laughs> All right, she's got a 10. I uh, I did not grow up with this book. Mm. My first yeah, encounter good. with it came after seeing the movie, I believe. Hmm. And I, when I saw the movie, without having seen the book, I deeply disliked the movie. Deeply. Because it's full of these jokes for adults that kids mm -hmm. don't get, and they're just just they just bugged me so much but the hallelujah sequence was great there's no hallelujah sequence in this book but um so the book came as a relief and now now i've been able to put enough time between the two of them but i like its weirdness i do like its weirdness so i'm giving it a 6.5 okay mm -hmm. i obviously read this 10 minutes ago it's not <laughs> your artistic style that you tend to go for uh, you know, not. i should say she what likes do you like um, we, we, realistic. Well, like, well, we did we, oh. Wiesner. We did um, uh, David yeah. Wiesner's uh, Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, she yeah. liked that quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so more. So this is definitely not my art. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like there was an ellipsis after that. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm all for embracing your uniqueness and being proud of who you are. However, I just see him as being 
Okay, so he's he grew up in his parents' hole <laughs> until he's, I don't know, 30. And then he goes out and he just burns anything he wants in sight to get whatever he wants. He's he'll, a milady. He'll, like, kill peasants <laughs> to eat their food. He'll, like, take over dragons just because he can. Hmm. Then he'll go to this castle and then he'll meet this chick that he wants to marry. And you know what? He's going to because why not? He can. So it's a story about green privilege, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a lot of kind of. Fair enough. I I All don't right. know. I <laughs> I can see your points though of you know some of them. <laughs> I can see some of your points of, about it just you know the uniqueness. Um, you know, not caving to normality when it comes to like children's picture books where they all have to have mm-hmm. a moral, they all and have a beautiful to, princess. Right. Mm-hmm. Where you if you are white and straight, this is the mm-hmm. perfect ending for you. But I'm 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 around a four on this. That's fine. That's but fair. with your six point five and mm-hmm. my four, that's an average of over five. So over it's, five. A class. Yeah, it's a class. It's a class. Alright. Alright. Okay. Uh, letters time. Yeah. We don't have that many. We don't have that many. Um, remember when we did Tuesday? Yes. And remember the old lady? And we had that whole discussion. The old lady who was in front of the television. You said shrunk. she was dead? Um, uh, Andy Rash, who is a picture book author, illustrator, he wrote in, That woman in the chair is totally dead. <gasps> I have always believed this. What? So prior to our show... He thought she was dead. Aww. So that's... Uh, and, that's and that the ambulance at the end The ambulance at the end doesn't make sense unless she's dead. That's awful. Because um, there were no dead frogs in that shot. So, <laughs> yep. I know. I did that to cheer you up. Okay. Um, Grown-up things we like. So this is, the, this is the part where we discuss grown-up things we like that has nothing to do with children's literature cool. in any way, shape, or form. Would, would you like to begin? Sure. Right. So we were just in D.C., for the ALA conference. We oh, were. Yeah. And things that I would highly recommend if you go to DC, the Air and Space Museum, mm-hmm. but only do it if you have a dossier or a tour guide with you mm. because you learn so much more and it's so much more interesting when there's someone there who's ex- who's enthralled with the science and can explain things to you and you're like, I don't know what that means. And he's like, oh, let me show you. Um, I went to the Holocaust Museum twice. Mm-hmm. Um, the second time because I wanted to get a ticket to see their permanent exhibit exhibition. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, as soon as you step off that elevator, my breath was caught in my throat and I was like, <gasps> it's mm-hmm. the second you step out of the elevator. It mm. is just amazing. I, I Words can't describe how sad and uh, educational and... Um, uh, it's 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 seems like a good time to good do time. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what I mean, there's so many museums that are free that I didn't I get mean, a chance to go it, to. Right? But yeah. a, one, but the highlight might have been meeting Paul Ozlinski, who wrote Rumpelstiltskin, oh. and yeah. get our picture taken with him, yeah. and John Cheska, who wrote Stinky Cheese Man. Mm-hmm. And who did we see outside the hotel? Getting out of a cab. R.L. Stein. Oh, right? I wanted to yell out, Boston. I love Goosebumps! <laughs> but I figured if he saw a 34-year-old woman yelling that she loves Goosebumps, oh, come on. he might get back in that cat. No way! <laughs> I'm like, uh, how so all Leaving his, his wife behind. Being like, honey, where did you go? <laughs> yeah. Bob! Mom! Bob! <laughs> why, so, why so those were the highlights of my D.C. trip that I would recommend people go check out museums and, uh, and cool stuff there. So, yeah. Excellent. What about you? Ramen. What? Ramen's tasty. 
okay. Well, here's one. Um, there is a new nonfiction book called Magic Ramen. It is by Andrea Wang. It's illustrated by Kana Urbanowitz. And it is about the creation of ramen. Because ramen, as we know it, with the big block that you dump in the water and then you eat it and it's tasty, <laughs> that was really hard to invent. That was, like, super hard to invent. So it's, like, post-World War II, right? Japan's been leveled. People are trying to get food, and people are jacking up the ramen prices. This guy sees this, and he's like, man, imagine if you could make, like, super cheap ramen that people could pay, like, just pennies for, basically, and that could be nutritious and yummy. And so he tries to, like, invent it, like, all these different ways, and it fails, and it fails, and it fails, and he figures out this part, but he hasn't figured out this other part. This picture book basically goes through that entire process, and it's weirdly fascinating, so much so that all the librarians I know who read it was like, we're really hungry for ramen now. <laughs> but thankfully, Furious Spoon, the ramen restaurant of the Chicago area, has opened a restaurant in Evanston, not far from my library. So we tromped down, and I had myself a big bowl of ramen, and it was delicious. So two thumbs up for ramen. Okay. You That's know there's a uh, um, graphic novel about ramen coming out next month, I believe, really? by a local oh. Chicago comic artist, Sarah Beacon. It's called Let's Make Ramen. It is amazing. I did a quote for the back cover of it, and it's she did all of the pages, uh, like watercolor. They're so beautiful. Really? And she's super intense about ramen. And like, I read this book, and I, she, she sent it to me, and she's like, am I working on this book about ramen? And I was like, oh, I love your work. I'll read it. And, uh, and I like ramen. Sure, yeah, I'll, I'll read this. And she sent it to me, and I got like halfway through it, and I was like, I didn't know anything about ramen. Like, yeah. I thought I did, and I am learning so much. And like, I was only halfway through, and then it goes into like, things that you can buy to make it in your house and like really? oh it's super intense and cool and she's huh. all these interviews with all these uh ramen chefs and it's an incredibly cool book and it's coming out next month that is incredibly cool yeah, do you want that to be your grown-up thing you like or do you have another thing you'd like to do um well the grown-up thing that i'm super into right now which is kind of embarrassing mm -hmm. is uh the outlander book series <gasps> How far are you? So I'm um, listening to the audiobooks because I'm oh. at the stage in uh, working on my current book right now where I'm uh, inking it. So it's a little mindless and I can listen to audiobooks. And mm -hmm. it's the only time in my life when I get to listen to audiobooks because I have a three-year-old and I usually have to like write and not listen to things. So it is the best time of making a book of all time. And um, it's great. So I'm halfway through the third book. It's very good and sexy. How's, how's, the, <laughs> how's the reader? Uh, amazing. A woman or a man? A woman. Interesting. Who can do every friggin' accent so in the, the Jim story. Jim Dale of adult books. Yeah, yes. she's amazing. <laughs> I'm like ready to write her fan letters. I'm. I <laughs> love her. Cool. All right. Do well, I, you want to know a fun fact that I uh, forgot when I went to DC? What's that? I looked at the Abe Lincoln Memorial, MLK Memorial. Neither one of them are wearing wedding rings. What? That is weird. Yeah, no wedding rings. I now huh. want to run around town, find all the statues, and see which ones are wearing wedding rings. There you yeah. go. Like, are any? Sure. All right, let's do that. Okay. Okay. So we'll do that, but let's finish up here. Oh, okay. Okay. So I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. I'm Lucy. <gasps> Bye. Fuse and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime and our varlet is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird. <laughs>